I'm going crazy cause real life sucks I might quit my job because I hate it so much But I got new books and like they're the best So let's talk about them cause I'm pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Alright, welcome to episode 6 Episode pretty, six. Pretty much obsessed is the name of this podcast. Pretty much what obsessed. If we, what if we had uh, separate, like, new theme songs for every episode? That would be <clears throat> more work than I want to do. Yeah, but the fans would love it. The fans, yeah. Our hordes of fans. Well, tweet at us at. They're clamoring for it. Tweet at us at P Much Obsessed if you want us to make a new theme song. Welcome to Pretty Much Obsessed, the uh, we'll show do it where we because we're talk about our social media. We're basically your puppets. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you want us to dance and upload it, we will. We've, By the way, just follow us there because we tweet nerdy stuff, and it's pretty We tweet a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I tweeted a snapback hat that I saw at Spencer's Gifts today because I was there. Because, uh, spoiler alert, if you shop at Spencer's and you pay cash, they will not give you a refund. Hmm. So I, uh, I bought a couple hats there that I returned, and they wouldn't give me a refund. They gave me a store credit. So now every time I'm at the mall, I have to go in there and look for something to use my credit on. Pretty much obsessed. The podcast that brings you the latest from Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. All the newest uh, snapbacks and uh, little electro ball things that you touch and, you know, what are those things called? Those I, orbs? I have no idea. What you're talking That's about. all I think when I think oh, of Spencer's gifts, I just yeah. think of those like orbs with those like the plasma in them. whatever things. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but it was it really was a nasty Joker snapback. Check out our uh, check out our Twitter page if you want to see what I'm talking about. But in addition to social media and Spencer's gifts, we also talk about comic books on this podcast and movies and nerdy things. Uh, so what's in the news? What do we got this week? What's been happening? There's a new Rogue One trailer. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, it was and pretty it good. Darth Vader. Just finally, for you. I finally just got for some you. Vader. Yeah, that was pretty we'll much all I was. We'll be talking more about Darth Vader a little bit later, comics wise. Ooh, you made a little um, rhyme there, a little mother goosey goose. Um, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I'm pretty excited for the movie. I think I might actually, like, I think there's a good chance I'll like this movie better than Force Awakens. Well. There's a good chance it's going to be more original, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like a more unique take. Right. Force Awakens was kind of, it had to be a sort of, you know, by the book Star Wars film to kind of well, I mean, gain it, the trust of the fans. It didn't you know? have to be. I think it kind of needed to be. It needed to like tell the fans like, hey, we can do this, guys. I think, and I think, well, I think that was the safe way to go. And I think that was wise because they got some criticism for rehashing the old stuff, but not very much. And not as much as they would have gotten if they'd came out with something reminiscent of the prequels. And I would rather have them do something, you know, uh, that was kind of by the numbers in order to gain our trust and then do some weirder stuff with like Rogue One and the other spinoffs they have coming up. Yeah. You know, I want to give them the freedom to do that. So I think that's going to be fun. Um, they announced the Suicide Squad extended cut. Okay. It's coming, which we kind of assumed it was going to. This is the one with uh, probably three hours of the Joker. I've been hearing it's only like an extra 15 minutes of footage, which is a little disappointing. You'd think they could have gave us like a full 30 minutes because apparently there's so much that got cut. But, but did any of us really want that? I, I most certainly did. 
But do you want it in the movie or you want it separate? Well, okay, so you've still not seen the movie, correct? That's I still have not. Okay, so I can't really... It's hard for me to really talk to you about this, but I still maintain that there is a good movie in there. I think a lot of things about it were disappointing because the expectations were so high, but I think that a lot of what was wrong with that movie comes down to the way that it was cut and edited and things that they chopped out and last-minute decisions that they made out of basically panic with the reception of Batman v Superman. Um, So I am really, really optimistic about this extended cut. Really excited to see it. It's going to be out uh, digitally on November 15th, and Blu-ray release will be December 13th, just in time for Christmas. So you can buy it twice. For you. Yeah. Well, I I don't really buy Blu-rays. I buy everything digital, so. I'll get you an iTunes gift card. Okay. For Christmas. Thanks. But I'm going to already have it by then, so. Oh. I'm going to have I it. Thought you were, I thought you were hinting at me. No. Me a big old wink, wink. No, I just was. He's been winking at me furiously over FaceTime. I, I thought it was in reference to this, but I guess it's just a come on. That's not true. Um, <laughs> but I will, no, I, I buy everything digitally anyway, so November 15th, that will be my day. I will be watching Suicide Squad. Marvel just announced a uh, just in time for Halloween a new animated movie that's coming to VOD called uh, What's VOD? Oh, uh, like video on demand, so you can oh, okay. like get it on demand. You can get it probably through iTunes and stuff like that. It's an animated movie starring the Hulk and Doctor Strange, which is kind of a cool team up, interesting team up. Uh, I don't really care called... about Doctor Strange yet. I haven't seen him, read him known him in anything and he's very cool from what i'm seeing so far just in terms of promotional material associated with the movie i'm not very intrigued or interested but i'm still open to the possibility that maybe i will be you should jump in on the comics this most recent issue was a good jumping on points part of the marvel now so he's Um, all about magic right he is the sorcerer supreme of our universe meaning like he is the most supreme magical wielder where do, you, where do you get the name? Uh, in our universe. Where do you get the name Doctor Strange? His name is Stephen Strange, and his origin story is that he was a brain surgeon who, uh, he was the best brain surgeon in the world, and then he gets in a car accident and gets nerve damage in his hands. So he can't, like, they're all shaky, he can't do brain surgery. Uh, he goes in search of any sort of cure and ends up finding magic and thinks that he can use magic to get him back to doing brain surgery. Um, but he ends up being taught by this, uh, um, magic person called the ancient one who teaches him and teaches him to sort of unlock his potential and be like the Supreme magic wielder. Um, so then he's like, forget brain surgery. Who cares? Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, he fights a lot of like interdimensional bad guys and, uh, monsters and demons and, you know, fights on the astral plane. And like, he's, he's sort of like the trippy Marvel hero, like lots of weird, crazy stuff that, that goes on in his comics. Um, I, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan, and I think his current series, which I believe is being written by Jason Aaron, if I'm not mistaken, is very, very good. Okay. Um, 
But uh, so this new animated movie stars the Hulk and Doctor Strange. I think it's just called The Hulk Where Monsters Dwell, I believe is the name of it. Um, and it looks like it's going to be the Hulk and Doctor Strange team up with all these like various Marvel monsters from the comics, like Man-Thing and Werewolf by Night, um, and sort of these kind of deep cut Marvel monsters. And it looks to be kind of goofy, but like fun and sort of spooky and Halloween-y. Probably aimed more towards the kids' kind of side of things. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a very adult kind of thing. I think it's going to be for, you know, kids that watch the Marvel animated series and stuff. But uh, it seems like uh, it's going to get a lot weirder and sort of uh, than some of the other Marvel movies get. So I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, And that comes out, I think, October 21st. Did you see there's going to be a Justice League Power Rangers team up? I did. I saw that. Uh, and you said it's, I think it's been written by the Injustice guy, the guy that wrote a bunch of Injustice. Yeah, Tom Taylor. He wrote a bunch of Injustice books, including I think it was like the first year one, like numbers one through 36 or something like that. And then <clears> he, he's written a bunch of others too, which um, w- was kind of the big thing that piqued my interest in this series because... I have really enjoyed those Injustice books. They're really good. Um, so, yeah, uh, art by Stephen Byrne. Apparently the, the whole sort of premise is going to be there's a some kind of transporter accident, leaving the Black Ranger lost in space and time, and mm. presumably the DC Universe. Yeah. And from there, you know, you, you can kind of fill in the rest. Could be good. I I have trouble putting those two teams in the same world together. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but well, that's it could why be interesting. I mean, anything. That's kind of, that's how I felt about the um, Batman Ninja Turtles book that came out, which I never read. See, but I can see like Batman and Ninja Turtles are both like ground fighters. They both kind of work in the shadows and at night. Like I feel like see, I but I feel like that's even crazier than like Justice League and Power Rangers. No, because, like, Power Rangers are, like, they're just martial artists, like, fighting alongside, like, Superman and, like, the Green Lantern. Like, I don't know. It, it seems like Well, they have, like, tough. special, like, power thingies, though, don't they? I haven't watched that in forever. I'm pretty sure they're just, like, really good martial artists, and then they've got their robots that, like, form up okay. together. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems like it'd be weird to, like, think of a story that incorporated both teams well. But I'm interested to see how it plays out. Could be really good. I, 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 I don't know, yeah. It'll either be good or or bad or just in between somewhere. Those are the options. I kind of would rather have like a reboot a reboot of like just a really good core Power Rangers comic before we cross it over with Justice League. And I wish I knew you the know? name of do you know the name of the publishing company that does that has Power Rangers rights? Um it's I wanna <clears throat> say it's probably Boom Studios. That sounds but I'm right. Because sure. it was in the article that I was where I discovered this story, but I did yeah, not. Yeah, because I think they I think they do have an ongoing right now and it might be good. Um Okay. And it's the original Power Rangers too, where they were like they all correspond to like different dinosaurs slash prehistoric animals. I guess one of them is a saber toothed tiger, so that's not really a dinosaur per se, but I yeah, think it's cool I've, that it's they're using the original team. It looks like I think Boom Studios have it. They have a lot of those like con- or like cartoon adaptation series. I'm, I'm not at all familiar with them. Yeah, Boom Studios does. Um, I'm trying to think what else they do. I don't read a lot from them because they seem to like their brand is like taking like 
old cartoons and stuff, recurring cartoons and making the comic book adaptations. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a lot of like original IP that comes out of them, but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, that maybe it's good. Maybe we will find out. Maybe we should check out. Um, so that's coming yeah. off. There's going to be six issues. Number one coming in January. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll be sure to talk about it on here. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely up our alley. Um, speaking of new comic books, Marvel now continues to roll out. Uh, and we had a bunch of new number ones again this week. Uh, some I was really surprised by. There were I looked at the lineup of number ones this week, and I was like, oh, I'm not really interested in a lot of these. But I read them just for you, the listener, so that I would know if they were good to recommend. And I was surprised Stand by up how guy. good a lot of these were. Uh, I was really taken aback. Um, and there were a bunch of there were a couple number ones from some other studios too. But uh, what did you read this week, Chris? Uh, you yeah. want me to go down my whole list of everything I read? Uh, let's pick one and talk about it and then kind of go back and forth. Okay. Well, I will arbitrarily choose the first one on my list, which is Great Lakes Avengers number one. What did you think? I read this too. So this is a new series from Marvel, Marvel Now. Uh, silly kind of uh, Yeah, it was kind of funny. Series. It's fun. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know if I'm like, if I'm necessarily like blown away by it yet. I'm not going to read it anymore. Ha- yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I so the, but that, that that's not to say that it's not good, but I right. don't I don't know these characters. There's well, not I think really most people don't. There's not really any kind of plot that's pulling me in. It's kind of just like a funny goofy. I feel like it's like a funny little goofy book for people that are like really into Marvel. That's just the the kind of vibe that I get from it. Yeah, it might be kind of a deep cut thing. And when I am in the mood for some for one of those funny goofy books, there's already a few that I would that I would go to like um Deadpool, Harley Quinn, uh Flintstones. Yeah. I just don't really have a use for this one. That's true. Yeah, Great Lakes Avengers was like kind of a weird. They have kind of a weird history and I haven't necessarily read their other books. Again, uh we as we've talked about before, Chris and I are both Fairly new to comics within like the last few years, we've started getting into it. Um, but Great Lakes Avengers was sort of a joke team of like this Avengers team from the Midwest that kind of operates around the Great Lakes. And Dan Slott, I know, who writes Amazing Spider Man now, had a really sort of legendary run on Great Lakes Avengers where they were constantly like getting killed. Like they were so incompetent that like they would like every week, like a different of Great Lakes Avenger would die. Uh, and that, that series was also what brought Squirrel Girl back. Dan Slott in that run was like sort of known for uh, bringing Squirrel Girl back into the public eye. And now, of course, she's like huge and has her own series and is part of the regular Avengers. Um, but this story is about that team gets back together and without Squirrel Girl because she's too famous to return their calls now. And it's a bunch of like... Z-list Marvel heroes. Like, people no one has heard of. There's, like, Flatman, who's, like, a riff on Mr. Fantastic. Which I liked uh, him. I thought he was funny. I liked the yeah. character. The thing is, this, this book is really funny. Uh, I don't know if I would put it funny on the same level as, like, Marvel's Howard the Duck. Or I mean, yeah. Squirrel it's, Girl it's not, like, it's, like, kind of, I would even describe it more as, like, cute. Like, it's sometimes it's kind of like it's trying to be funny, and it's not quite that funny, but... It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of funny. 
Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I'll probably read a few more issues and see if it does anything to really pull me in, um, especially because this this week Howard the Duck ended from Marvel, and that was a big source of my Marvel comedy books that I really liked. But um, Ended, like, forever? Uh, this run ended, and this run was by Chip Zdarsky, who's one of the funniest guys in comics right now. Okay. He's also writing uh, Jughead. Is Howard the um, Duck? Like, oh, no, he was. Is that a pretty popular book? Um, I don't know if I would say popular. Uh, it's definitely sort of like a cult favorite. I think it has been since it started about 16 issues ago. Okay. Um, but it's been very, very funny and creative. And uh, I'll read anything Chip Zdarsky puts out because I think he's like the funniest guy. Um, but that ended this week, which is really sad. It was a great final issue. Um, and uh, it's sort of... Well, I, I recommend it. I would say if if anyone is looking for like a good, funny Marvel book, seek out the trades of Howard the Duck because it was a really great run. Okay. Um, I also yeah. read Deadpool number 20, which I really liked a lot. Yeah, I, was, I really wanted to read this because last week we talked about Deadpool back in black. And I was like, "Hey, yeah." We were both like, "It was, it was okay. It was kind of funny." Right. And but I know we, we didn't really want to read more. I know we <laughs> talked about how sometimes the Deadpool joke writing stuff like doesn't really work. Like it's like Deadpool's trying to be funny, but it's not really that funny. And A lot of the writers try really hard. Yeah, when they write Deadpool, and I was telling you that the core series by Jerry Duggan was really good. That it balanced the funny and while also giving him like real things to work with. Yeah, and, that's- and so. That was my reaction to this book is like, yeah, this is funny. This is actually good, like Deadpool making me laugh out loud. It was really perfect because I wanted you to read this core series. Then all of a sudden, boom, here's this issue that's a standalone issue. You needed no prior knowledge. And I was like, and it was really, really good. The plot of it is there's this girl that's about to kill herself on Deadpool's building. She's about to like jump off the roof. And Deadpool, of all heroes, has to convince her not to kill herself. Which is that supposed to, are we supposed to just kind of assume that's just a random chance thing that he happened to be there? Well, well I think it was, it's I where think he it was lives, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's where he lives and where he sort of operates out of. But I, I guess I don't really know Deadpool because I'm new to reading him and stuff. Like yeah. I, I saw the movie and that's about the extent of my acquaintance with, with Deadpool. But is that, I mean, that's not really typical of him to, to necessarily care if somebody's about to kill themselves, right? No, not at all. Yeah, so that's kind of... and uh, He was just the, sort of on a whim, like, hey, I guess I'll do this. Because that's, yeah. that's kind of what his character is too, right? It's just kind of like you never really know what he's going to decide to do any given day. Yeah, and he's not a bad guy, you know? He's just kind of a sort of nihilist, yeah. you know... Uh, sort of doesn't give a shit kind of guy. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he just, he, and I mean, he is a hero. He's kind of an anti-hero. He kills people and, you know, doesn't care, but he is still one of the good guys. Right. Um, so I, and you know, Jerry Duggan kind of talks, uh, there's this page like after the comic ends about how he had had this idea to like, you know, there's like famous comics issues where like Superman convinces someone not to kill themselves and stuff like that. And like this idea of like, what if it was Deadpool? What if all you had was Deadpool to stop you from killing yourself? Like, what would that even look like? And he was afraid to write it for years because he didn't think he could like do it. And I thought this issue was great. It was just a one-off issue. Um, Yeah, it's, it's very good. Very, very good. It was funny and it was like poignant. Like it took itself seriously. It wasn't just like, let's see how many jokes we can make Deadpool say. Yeah, it takes itself seriously, but not, like, too seriously. It's still funny, and he still is, like, joking around with her. And there's there's panels where she's, like, 
she's crying, but she's also this girl who's about to kill herself is like she's crying because she's like sad, but she he's like still making her laugh, so she's like laugh crying, and uh, he takes her to go see Hamilton. <laughs> yep. There's just there's Be- a lot of good stuff here because he beats up an old couple and takes their tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely uh, want to read more of that. I'm definitely uh, jumping on Deadpool. I think this is a good time because they they just wrapped up sort of a a long arc with Deadpool, and I think this is going to be kind of the beginning of a a good time to start reading. Um, Is it Jerry Duggan's? Is it monthly? Yeah, it's monthly. Okay. Jerry Duggan's been writing Deadpool for a couple years now, and it's been this consistently good. Did this one just come out this last Wednesday, or does it? Yeah, this was this week. Okay. Yeah. Um, so even though it's not a number one issue, definitely recommend Deadpool number 20. It's a one-off issue. Don't need any prior knowledge. And, uh, if you're a Deadpool fan, this is what good Deadpool looks like. Yeah. If you, if you liked the movie as I did, but don't really have any comic book experience with Deadpool, this is, this is a good one for you. Yeah. Um, going off of Deadpool, uh, I read Solo number one this week, which was one I was not expecting to enjoy. Uh, The reason this kind of goes off Deadpool is there was this big arc this year in 2016 with Deadpool where he had the Mercs for Money, which is like he started a a company of all these mercenaries that would dress up like him. So they were like a team of Deadpools and they would be hired as mercenaries. And so Deadpool made all this money by being in like six places at once by hiring these other Z-list Marvel heroes to dress up like him and and go do these jobs. Because people would be willing to pay more if they thought they were getting the Deadpool. And he was, yeah, and he was like building his brand. He was like selling Deadpool merchandise and, you know, he was financing the Avengers because he was making so much money off of his brand, you know, the Deadpool brand, which is kind of a meta joke about how Deadpool is kind of perceived in comics right now. Um, As a money machine. Yeah, but then it turns out Deadpool hasn't been paying these mercenaries, so they all leave him and they quit. And so then it was announced with Marvel Now that they're starting new series for every one of these mercenaries. Every one of these six guys gets their own series now. And I I was like, why? These are all like Z-list heroes. They were fine in Deadpool, but they don't all need their own series. You think maybe Marvel's hoping that they can, maybe they tried to set that up so they could leech off some of the popularity from Deadpool onto these Z-list characters and then spin them into their own books? Yeah, and they're definitely trying to flood the shelves right now with just a lot of new books. And, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on. Like, one of the series is being written by Max Bemis from Say Anything. The singer from Say Anything is writing one of the series. But this was the this week the first one came out, which was Solo, about this mercenary named Solo, uh, who is just kind of a hired assassin, killer. Um, written, though, by Jerry Duggan, who writes Deadpool, and Jeffrey Thorne, who's a novelist and comic writer who has a couple new series this week. And I was really impressed by it. It was very funny. I thought it was funnier than Great Lakes Avengers. Um, I don't know if the character is actually interesting enough to keep me reading for a whole long time, but I read it just before we started recording this, and I was way more impressed than I expected to be. I thought it was very well written and very funny. And, uh, I'm probably going to keep reading and see if it hooks me. I'm definitely going to check out all of these series just because like I said, I want to check out all these new number ones, see what's worth sticking with. Um, I don't know if solo will end up being worth sticking with, but if all of the Deadpool spinoff books are this good, then, you know, uh, I won't complain about it, you know? Okay. 
Fair enough. Um, I, also in the uh, Marvel Now stuff, Clone Conspiracy number one came out. We have kind of been building up to this. Uh, Spider-Man has been building up to this big event that starts this week called The Clone Conspiracy uh, about the villain named the Jackal who was responsible for past Spider-Man epics like the Clone Saga and Spider-Island. Uh, he starts resurrecting the dead, uh, including Gwen Stacy and you know all these people from Spider-Man's past, which isn't really a spoiler. It's been part of the advertising campaign. Uh, Chris, you you jumped on you read amazing spider-man 19 which we talked about last week yeah and then you jumped on with clone conspiracy number one what did you think of it well first of all i'm a bit confused <clears throat> with what's going on in spider-man because i remember talking to you about how there was that whole thing where spider-man was like cloned but he was like had doc ock in him we talked about, uh, I gave a recap of Superior Spider-Man a few weeks ago where he wasn't cloned, but Doc Ock's consciousness took over Peter's body. So uh, when did that stop being a thing? A few, a couple years ago. Oh, okay. okay. That was like maybe two years ago that stopped and it went back to just being Spider-Man. I see. Uh, but he's, he's still kind of picking up from the, from the consequences of uh, what Doc Ock did while he was Spider-Man. Okay, so yeah, um, it's... It's interesting. I'm not... I'm kind of flipping back through it right now to refresh my memory. I feel like not super compelled to dive into this one, but I will probably read a couple more and see if I get hooked. For me, it it just wasn't very surprising. There was nothing in here that really surprised me. Uh... And which I think is what the clone conspiracy is going to try to do. Like it seems to be like teasing all these big shocks from Spider-Man's past, but this was pretty much what was advertised. It was like, you know, uh, the Jackal is reanimating the dead. Gwen Stacy shows up, but doesn't really have a chance to do anything. And then uh, final page, spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert for clone conspiracy. Dr. Octopus shows up back in the flesh for the first time in years, uh, back in his own body and powerful. Um, but really, this all seemed to be just kind of table setting, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not a whole lot happened on its own. Uh, I always love seeing Anna Maria Marconi, who is uh, the the woman that uh, Peter is talking to at the funeral. Um, and uh, used to date Peter when he was Dr. Octopus. Um, there's some really great art in here. There was some great uh, full pages, like this shot uh, of Spider-Man like swinging up the New U headquarters building, and that final page with Doctor Octopus is a pretty glorious. Yeah, page. it is. I'm looking at that it, right now. I've rarely seen Doctor Octopus look better than he does in that panel. Yeah. Um, you know, I so I think this was all a bunch of setup. Uh, I really trust Dan Slott. He's been writing Spider-Man since 2010, and he's done a really fantastic job. Um, so, and he's been like teasing this hard, uh, and, and acting very proud of it. So I'm interested to see where it goes, but, uh, this first issue didn't necessarily blow me away. Yeah. Same. I mean, it looks like it might get us back to like fighting some classic, you know, Spider-Man villains. He does fight the Rhino and this new Electro, um, in this issue, and I like that it's a it's a new electro, and so he makes that joke about how like she's not used to the old tricks, so he can use like the you know spraying water on her kind of stuff. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, kind of a cute little Parker moment. Yeah, he has something like that. Like when he first sees her, he says like, "Who are you, Electra? She Electro?" And yeah, he's like, you know, yeah. making jokes about her name. 
So, you know, Dan Slott knows how to write Spider-Man. He's been doing it for years. And uh, I'll be interested to see where it goes. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping it was going to be more of a big bang to draw you in, you know, because I really want to get you reading Spider-Man. And I don't. this wasn't, like, the big hook that I think you needed. Yeah, I'll stick with it for a couple more issues. Yeah. Do you have any um, other Marvel books you want to touch on? Uh, I got one more number one to talk about which was Mosaic number one. Uh, another one I was not excited about. This is, a, this is a brand new hero to the Marvel Universe, and he's an Inhuman, which immediately I was like, I don't want another Inhuman. But what's great about the Inhumans, what can be great about the Inhumans is that is when they're written not as part of the Inhuman storyline. Like, this has nothing to do with, like, the the big, like, monarchy of Inhumans and the ongoing stuff with the Mists and, you know, fighting the X-Men. Like, this isn't part of the overarching narrative. This is just a new hero who happens to be an Inhuman, sort of like Miss Marvel was. Um, but this kind of has the twist where this hero is an NBA star who's dating like a pop star and he's totally full of himself. He's, you know, he brags to his teammates about how he's the only one reason they're winning these championships. It's all because of him. And then he discovers he's an inhuman and he turns into this, uh, basically he doesn't have a body of his own. He jumps into other people's bodies and then, he, he basically can jump from body to body and lives inside these people and sort of like merges memories with them and learns what they know. And like, so like he jumps into this Japanese businessman who knows eight languages and now he knows eight languages. And then he jumps into someone else's body and then he learns, you know, he falls in love with the same person that person is in love with. So he doesn't really have a home. He doesn't have his own body. He can just live inside other people's bodies, which I don't know how you make an ongoing story out of that how you make like a hero out of that, someone who has to constantly be being different people. But I'm interested to see how they do it. I think it's a very intriguing idea for a hero um, if he ends up being a hero because he's kind of an asshole in this first issue. I mean, I'm pretty open to all the inhuman stuff, to be honest. I'm, I'm pretty open-minded about it. And I think a lot of that is because I'm totally on board with the idea of seeing sort of like a... X-Men replacement that Marvel can have the movie rights to. Yeah. So, um, maybe I'll... You might want to check out Mosaic Number 1. Yeah, maybe um, I will. And it's written by Jeffrey Thorne, who also did, worked on Solo, which I had just talked about, uh, who seems to be like a novelist. He wrote a lot of like Star Trek tie-in novels, and uh, he's written some comics and stuff before. He's written short stories. Uh, and both of these are really well-written. Um I was pretty hooked by this issue, and I'm not going to lie. It's such a different premise for a mainstream superhero book. Um, and especially the character. Like, he is an egotistical NBA asshole, and suddenly he loses everything that he had. He doesn't have, like, his who he was anymore. Now he's everybody else. Okay. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh I had some, a couple other books from some other publishers, but let's talk about uh, another book that you read. Let's talk about some DC books. Okay. Uh, Red Hood number three. Did you, did you see that? I did. I checked out Red Hood number three. So I um, feel like Red Hood right now is kind of in a setup phase where they're just kind of, they're, like you just said about um, Clone Conspiracy, it's like a setting the table kind of book. Yeah, he's bringing in the outlaws. You know, this one introduces Bizarro. Right. Which, uh, 
I never would have thought that Bizarro would be a character that they would put with Red Hood. So, but this is like a new Bizarro, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and again, I don't really understand what's going on there. If there did Bizarro exist in New Fifty Two? It almost seems like he didn't. I think he did. I'm pretty sure Lex Luthor made a Superman clone in New Fifty Two. Because I'm, I'm looking and it seems to be like no one has any precedent for this. Like he's just been. This is just like a clone of Superman that's been made and then doesn't turn out right. Which is, I I know that I read, I read something where there was a Superman clone that didn't turn out right that ended up being Bizarro too. And I, I'm pretty sure it had to be New 52 because why would it have been before that? So, um, yeah, I don't really understand the continuity there. But in I any don't understand, case, I don't understand how Black Mask trusts Red Hood still. Yeah, that's kind of like, funny like, too. There was a whole issue of like him fighting with what's her name, Artemis. Well, but Black Mask never really saw him necessarily fighting with Artemis. Yeah, I it I guess it just seemed so like. But it, it does seem, seem like a little they were bit hiding like, it. It seems a bit yeah like weird. Yeah, and I thought that even when I was reading issue, what was that number three? Yeah, this this was issue three. Yeah, this was issue three. So I yeah. I thought that even when I was reading issue number two, like you know, like yeah. aren't you kind of blowing your cover right now, buddy? Yeah. And then, but you know, I don't know. Whatever. I'll just overlook that because um, I, I I have a feeling this it'll start getting good again because I really liked uh, the rebirth issue and issue the number rebirth one. issue and issue one really hooked us. I feel like issue two and three just haven't been as good, but it's probably like you said, just because they're kind of building the team. Yeah. And we got to get through it, you know? And it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad issue by any means. Yeah, and so far, like, the setup hasn't been great for me. Like, it still doesn't, like... And like I just said, I never would have thought Bizarro would be a character that they would pair up with Red Hood to make him one of the, you know, Red Hood and the Outlaws. But, um, and so far, it still doesn't seem all that plausible from the way they're setting it up. But I also don't really care because I think it'll make for some really interesting stories once we get past the, the backstory. So I'm just kind of looking forward to those future issues. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they justify these three characters staying together. Yeah. Right now, they don't have any reason to be together for any prolonged amount of time. I have a feeling and, uh, it's going to remain a bit vague because yeah. it's such a weird, uh, such a weird little team. Yeah. But that was one of the things that initially kind of got me hooked on on these books because they were teasing that from the covers like right away. They were showing yeah. Artemis and Bizarro on the covers even though they hadn't been in the actual books yet. Yeah. But now that we're getting to it, I'm kind of like, eh, I liked it when it was just Red Hood. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I'm 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 staying optimistic on it. Yeah. Did you read All-Star Batman number 3? It was so good. You thought it was really good? I loved this issue. Okay. Talk what, about, did, talk, what, did, what did you like about it? I think it finally justified this entire... It made me care about this storyline finally. With all this like flashback stuff to him and Harvey as kids. Which I don't know how that's canon. Like... I can't figure out DC's universe. Yeah. They seem to like rewrite what's canon and what the characters' histories are in every single book, which is a little frustrating. But as long as I'm in the series, it's fine. Uh, this te- this seems so to me to completely set- rewrite the Harvey Dent and Batman history. Let's set that up for people who didn't read it. 
Um, there's all these flashback sequences that show that Bruce was sent away as a young man because he was he became obsessed after his parents' death. He became obsessed with killing the man who killed his parents, and Alfred was kind of freaked out and worried about him, so he sent him away to this home for uh, wayward boys where he meets a young Harvey Dent who is, you know, um, I guess having behavioral issues because of his history of being abused as a child. So they become really good friends at this at this home during the summer. They, they develop this really close bond, and they're kind of using that to flesh out the whole reason as to why Batman feels such a sense of commitment to rehabilitating Two-Face or, or vanquishing Two-Face and kind of getting Harvey back. Yeah. Uh, and to me, it's kind of like, really? Like, you guys just happen to be childhood friends? Like, does does Batman have to have, like, this connection, this connection that goes way back with, like, every single one of his major villains? Yeah, I, I don't need it for everything, but I think in the context of this one individual story, it works. Yeah, and that's another thing is I'm I'm kind of confused about whether... All-Star Batman takes place within the same continuity as all the other books right now. That's, yeah, I can't figure this out with DC at all, like where the continuities. Like, I wonder if like, I... Clearly the continuity of like the main Batman and Superman and Batwoman and Justice League books, that's all the same. Yeah. But like these books, I, I, I honestly can't tell if this is like its own separate Batman universe right. with new rules. But... As I've said before with All-Star Batman, this continues to just be an awesome Batman fighting people book. Like, it's just great action sequences. Um, it's bloody. It's brutal. Um, and I think it's it's all so well-paced and plotted. Uh, the artwork and the storytelling and the paneling is really fantastic. Uh, they keep making things harder and harder and harder for Batman. And I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I think this love was, me some good old fashioned Batman abuse. Yeah, and this was the first issue where I like I remember reading was talking about issue two, saying like every time it pauses to tell part of the story about Bruce and Harvey, I don't care and I get lost. I just want them to get back to fighting. Um, but this was the first one where I was like, oh, the things you're writing about in the story actually justify what's happening in the action sequences better. Okay. Um. So I liked it, and I thought I think the backstory stuff t- continues to be good. If even if the the color stuff continues to be a little, you know, vague and uh, confusing. Yeah. But the the backstory stuff with Zaz is still interesting, and show gets to show off Duke, you know, uh, which is a character I don't know. I don't think anyone knows he's a new character, right? This Duke guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think between between well, so it has to be the same universe, right? Because Duke is in Tom King's Batman series, right? Unless these are different Dukes, but but I feel like they're using between Batman, Detective Comics, and All Star Batman, they're really like fleshing out Duke's character among all three of them. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's got to be in the same continuity, but that means they've completely rewritten Bruce and Harvey's history, which is a little sudden. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess who's to say that maybe they're not necessarily changing anything, that maybe it's maybe they always that history between them has always been there and it's just never been talked about. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I mean, I guess is, I don't know or maybe this about is the just, comics. Maybe this is straight up retconning. I'm not yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Um, but I really enjoyed this issue. I, I like this series. Yeah, I thought it was it was pretty good. I'm not really that into it. I'm really, really excited for going forward with the Tom King main Batman series. I think yeah. that's going to start to get really good again. I think next week we get back to his core story, which yeah. is going to be good. All-Star Batman has, has just been okay for me, honestly. Like I said, like I think like All-Star Batman for me is just popcorn. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's, 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 po- it's a fun time at the movies. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I also read Suicide Squad number four, but I'm not really going to talk that much about it because it's just not that interesting. Yeah, I they dropped f- it. They fight General Zod, and then they go back to Bel Reeve, and it's, that's pretty much it. So mm. uh, I'm going to keep reading it, and I will let you guys know if it gets interesting again. Because <laughs> I really, really liked the first issue, and since then it's just been kind of like, meh. And they keep trying to have Harley do like say like funny little quips and stuff, but it's just never funny to me. Yeah. It's like that the, same thing with Deadpool. The Deadpool thing. Yeah, the Deadpool yeah. effect where it's like somebody's trying to write it, write the character and make the character funny and witty, but it's just like you're not that funny, bro. Yeah. Uh new Superman continues to be good. I don't have a lot to say about it, but it's still good. Okay. I am um, going to probably get caught up on that soon. I think this week I'm going to start catching up on some of the DC titles that I've been missing out on. Yeah. Um, did you, any other DC books? Because I want to talk a little bit about um, the conclusion of Night of the Monster Men. That was, that was the only other one I read was Night okay. of the Monster Men. The so finale. any thoughts on that? Any, any, any positive thoughts on it, first off? Uh, I'm really glad it's over. <laughs> 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 to be honest, I read it. And like I said, I, w- I was interested in the end, and I, I don't think I could tell you what happened in it. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really poorly explained. It seemed rushed. I remember it feeling like a really rushed ending. All of a sudden, Nightwing is running into the monster's mouth for some reason, and it's never really like it's kind of vaguely clarified at the end, but you still are just like, what? What happened? Yeah, and he like he has this like epiphany yeah. somehow, and he dives into its mouth and says, "Trust me." And there's something about there being a baby inside of it, right? Yeah, and it's like I want the epiphany too. Give me the epiphany, but, you know. <laughs> but but it never does. I'm trying to see. Yeah, like he Nightwing explains it sort of on one page, where he thinks the biggest fault behind Batman is ego and the ego that drives him would come from a child. And so that means there was a child inside the monster that caused him to explode. I don't. Yeah, it was really stupid. And the watchtower thing was really stupid. I honestly, I honestly thought the watchtowers were going to turn into giant robots. Like Power and Rangers? We were get like, like Power Rangers or like Pacific Rim, and it was going to be like yeah. robots versus monsters. I and remember. honestly, th- I, I, I might have preferred that. Agree. With all of all of the above. I thought that too. And I was like, yeah. so did those buildings always have Bat Family logos on the sides of them? Or did they just miraculously appear right now? Well, that's funny. It's like, apparently these are buildings that Bruce at, Wayne built. At what point do people not just realize, like, oh, okay, Bruce Wayne is Batman? Oh, all the Wayne buildings suddenly turned into war machines, like, for, for Batman. yeah. But also, like, all of the buildings have the logos on them for those specific characters. Like, Batman really planned ahead with this one. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. 
There were parts of this story arc that I enjoyed. There were aspects of it that I enjoyed, but overall it was kind of stupid. And, yeah. And, and kind of dragged on for too long. And the art was really, like, messy. Like, a lot of the time you couldn't tell what was going on. And part of that is just the design of the monsters that they were fighting. Like, they were really messy, goopy, deformed-looking monsters. But that kind of just yeah. made it harder to... It just made, The whole thing just felt like a big mess. Yeah. It was... I also really don't buy, like, this monster has, like, all these cables shot into him, right, from these watchtower buildings that are just kind of, like, flying loose, and Nightwing can just run along that, like... Uh, that's okay. I'm okay with that one, because... I guess that's a comic book he thing. Was, he was one of the Flying Graysons. He's been doing that stuff his whole life. That's true. That's true. I was just... Maybe I was just, like, so bitter at that point. I was, like, I think I, I'm laughing gonna, at everything. Yeah, I think that's accurate i did like the idea of hugo strange having on a bat suit that would explode if he was punched yeah like that was that, funny that's like, fun hugo strange is always pretty much always a good time it's so hard to mess up that character i think yeah if this if this if night of the monster men had been way more batman and hugo strange and like half the amount of actual monsters and yeah less like stupid monotonous kaiju whatever stuff or like the people in the caves for no reason like that didn't really go anywhere and whatever happened to that giant monster that came out of the cave do you even remember uh i think i'm trying to i i remember they took care of it somehow okay did it turn into this one that's here at the end? I thought I don't, maybe it turned into this one know. that they're fighting in this issue. I seriously don't care. Yeah. I just wondered if you remembered. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm ready for Batman to get back to normal. I'm like, Bane, 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 <laughs> Bane. <laughs> he'll, he'll come. Uh, so yeah, Night of the Monster Men is over. That's, that's all my DC books for this week. Um, I had two more books I wanted to talk about. Uh, one, actually, uh, from Vertigo. Did you ever see the movie The Lost Boys, the 80s movie? About uh, vampires with I've Kiefer seen, Sutherland? I've seen parts of it, but no. So I'm a big fan of The Lost Boys, which is this goofy, bloody vampire movie from the 80s. Uh, it's like the most 80s movie ever. Ever and it's about Kiefer Sutherland and like this pack of vampires and these kids that fight them off and there's a new comic book adaptation that's out. Well, it's not an adaptation; it's like a sequel to the movie. Um, and it came out from Vertigo this week. Let me see who the creative team was. Uh, and it was really fun. I don't know if I would recommend it if you're not like a fan of the movie, but this really carries on the super '80s vibe and the pulpy sort of, uh, you know vampire fighting stuff and also uh what's his name um cory feldman's character one of the frog brothers is written perfectly like everything he says you can just hear in cory feldman's voice so if you are a fan of the 80s movie the lost boys this is written by tim seeley art by scott godlewski um and i thought it was a lot of fun i'm probably gonna read this i think it's probably just gonna be a limited series but uh as like just kind of a pulpy vampire book, I'm totally down with it. Um, 
And a new series from Image this week called Reborn Number One. Uh, this is from Mark Miller, who's legendary in comics. If you're if you don't know who Mark Miller is, check out some of his books. Chris, you know him from the Ultimates. He wrote Ultimates One and Ultimates Two, okay. which was uh, sort of me and Chris's gateway to comic books. Were, were, were the Ultimates books that we read when we were in high school? And we're talking about just to clarify, that's Ultimates from. The Ultimate Universe. From the Ultimate Universe, yeah. Um, so Mark Miller uh, has this new series called Reborn, uh, which is about uh, sort of like when you die, instead of going to heaven and, or hell, you're like reborn in this other world. Uh, and this book just sort of follows this like old woman as she's dying, and she's like terrified of death, and she doesn't know what's going to happen to her, and... Uh, she doesn't really believe in God. She has no religion. And she thinks that when she dies, it's just going to be like flipping off a light switch and she's going to stop existing. And then when, then she does die and she wakes up in this other world where like there's this war going on and she meets her father again who had passed, you know, when she was a kid. Uh, and it was really touching. And maybe it's just because I have like a lifelong fear of death that cripples me. Uh, but like reading this book that was all about these characters with this terrifying fear of death and then reuniting and like finding this adventurous sort of world beyond is really appealing to me. And I thought it was written really sensitively, sensitively and, uh, really sort of, uh, hit at a lot of things that really scare people about death while still making a really accessible sort of adventure story. And we don't learn a lot about this world yet. Like I said, it mostly just follows this like old woman as uh, she's about to die. But um, man, was this good comic writing. And uh, so I think a lot of Mark Miller's books are limited series. Usually they're only about six issues or so. Uh, So check out Reborn number one from Image this week because... uh, I bet it's going to get really, really good. All right. Continue to be good. Yeah, I wish you, you should have let me know. When did you read that? It was this week. You should have let me know like a, a couple of days ago. I probably would have picked it up. I should have told you about it. I read it pretty late. I was definitely um, on the market for at least one more image book this week. Yeah, check out Reborn. I recommend it. Uh, speaking of which, did you read uh, Killer Be Killed number three? Hell yeah. Still great. Yeah, it's awesome. So what was it about that? Because I saw that you tweeted from the P Much Obsessed yeah. Twitter account that <clears throat> it really threw you off balance, that it kind of messed with you. What was it about it that, that did that? I think it's just how relatable the character is and how dark it is. Okay. You know? Like, I was reading it on the train first thing in the morning, and, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember everything that happened, because this that- was one of the first first books I read this week because I was that, so excited to that read was, it. That was kind of how I felt after reading the first two. And yeah. for this one, I think I was prepared more because I read the first two at the same time because I hadn't right. read the first one and I had I had to do a little bit of catch up. Um, and then after that, that whole day, I was very like, oh, I'm going to listen to Elliot Smith and be sad. <laughs> and, uh, and now for this one, I I wasn't really caught off guard by it in that way. And so I saw your tweet and I was expecting something like really dark to happen and I read it and it was, it was good, but it was just kind of like not really anything too eventful happened. No, I don't think it's like, it wasn't like any like specific thing. I think it's just that he's in it now, right? Like he's made his first kill and now he's like living with this like guilt and uncertainty. Like, am I insane? You know, am I actually losing my mind? Am I just a murderer? Did he deserve it? But then at the same time he's out with 
his roommate, this girl that he's in love with. Well, she's not and, actually his roommate. Oh, that's right. It's his roommate's um, girlfriend. Who roommate's he, girlfriend? Yeah. But they ha- but it's like a totally effed up love triangle. Yeah. But he's out with her and pretending like everything's normal and just like joking and like I, I think it was the normalcy of it that threw me off, not any big event because like as we've both talked about, we this character like talks like we talk. Yeah. He has emotions like I think we have experienced, you know, like we've He's been in similar places emotionally. Same like um cynical, like aging emo kid kind of persona or, or yeah. demeanor that He's I, a character I feel that's like written f- I relate to really well. And so when you relate to him like that and he's feeling these like sick impulses and has just done this crazy thing that he's afraid he's going to get caught for that he's feeling guilty about. I think like those emotions just sort of worked their way into me when I was done with the comic. Yeah. And so I like got off the train, like just kind of feeling very sort of like almost like sick to my stomach kind of like, cause you feel like you're in off. it almost when you read the yeah. book. Yeah. And I don't think everyone will have that, you know, like this is clearly like written for us. Like, yeah. As like whiny emo white boys, but right. like we are definitely the target demographic on this book. Yeah, but but uh, you know, books have that effect when you identify with them like that. Um, so uh, it it's it's this continu- this book continues to be great. So again, um, the whole for for people who may not have picked it up yet, the whole premise of the book is that uh, this guy who what would you say he's probably like twenty twenty one ish. Yeah, it right seems like there. he's definitely like. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I would say like mid twenties almost. He he tries to kill himself by jumping off a building, but then decides at the last second that he doesn't want to do it. Um, he by just some freak circumstance, he ends up not dying because he like I don't know falls through like a clothesline or something. I don't remember how it happens, yeah, but he ends up surviving. And he's like, "How did I just survive? That was really weird." And then a demon appears to him and basically tells him that he's the demon is the reason this kid survived. Um, and if he wants to continue living, he's going to have to start killing bad people for the demon. Yeah, and uh, once the, a month. Yeah, and it kind of takes off from there. And then it's also kind of interspersed with his relationship with this girl, Kira, who is dating his roommate. But he also has this really close friendship with Kira. And then they start kind of making out in secret. And it's this weird little love triangle. And it's very emotional for, I think, anybody who's ever been in a situation kind of like that. It's He's very under a relatable. lot of emotional duress. And so it's like, is this demon something real? Or is he just sort of having a psychotic break, you know, and, right. uh, and, and killing people through all of his own repressed anger. Um, which is a valid thing to wonder. I'd say it's, yeah. it's very like, yeah, man, I feel for you. That's, that sucks. That's tough. Like I would honestly, I would think that I had just lost my mind that I was like, that I had gone insane, you know? But then um, at the end of the, at the end of this most recent issue, he finds out that, the murder, the the guy that this first person that he killed, that murder actually helped the police trace this guy back to this child like sex trafficking ring, and so it turns out this guy actually was involved in all this like horrible child abuse stuff, and it actually helped the police catch other people. So he's suddenly vindicated, and he realizes yeah. that what he did ultimately was a good thing. 
Uh, and it's really, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster that you see this, the, the antagonist on, or the, the protagonist, it, rather. It's very dark, very violent. Um, yeah, it's good. It's very good. And I feel, it's funny, because I feel actually more invested as a reader in watching the relationship between the narrator and Kira than I do in, like, all the murder stuff and the demon and whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. kind of in love with Kira just as I read this book. <laughs> That's, the, I mean, I think the problem is that everyone's in love with Kira. Yeah. It seems like too many people are in love with Kira. Yeah, so it's just, like, so sad. Yeah. Um, as always, of course, uh, all the books that we talked about today, you can buy online through Comixology. You can go to your local comic shop. Uh, Marvel and DC books, uh, Marvel and DC each have their own apps where you can purchase comic books. With Marvel, I believe every comic book you buy comes with a digital download code too, um, which is, is pretty cool. That's so cool. Um, so that means go to your local comic shop, buy it in person, and then get your digital copy. Um, because there's but, no uh, reason not to. I think DC needs to start doing that because most of the books I buy are DC, but I really do prefer to read digitally. Yeah. But I would love to have hard copies as well, just as a collector. Yeah. And, I actually uh, try to stay away from hard copies because I have so limited space in my apartment. You know, I tend to well, just like... Well, yeah. There's also I'll, that. I don't, I'll buy comic books and I'll just lend them out and let people keep them. I don't always want a hard copy, but there's a lot of books that I would... And, I mean, if you're going to get the digital download anyway, both for the same price, then yeah, who cares if you keep the hard copy or not, you know? So yeah. I would just keep certain ones that I really like and then probably get rid of other ones. But yeah, yeah. I wish I wish DC would start doing that. Um, any other books you read this week? Uh, no, I don't think so. What are we going to read this next week? What are you looking oh. forward to? Let me see what's coming out. Um, I haven't looked at the list yet, um, but I bet we've got a bunch of new number ones, of course, from Marvel, as Marvel now continues to roll out. Um, let's see. I'm going to take a look right now at what's coming out. Um, we've got Archie number 13 coming out. I'm still loving Archie. Um what do we have? Black Hammer number four, which is the Jeff Lemire series that I think I've talked about on here before. Uh, we've got Batman picking back up. Batman Tom number King's nine. Story. So yeah. Batman so what's nine. what's going to be starting with with Batman now will be a story arc called I Am Suicide, and then the next story arc after that is going to be called I Am Bane. So I don't know mm. if Bane is going to be showing up in this next story arc. I would really like him to, and I don't know what else they'll be doing because they've already teased that. Basically, Bane has the psycho pirate who has corrupted Gotham Girl's mind. So it's up to Batman to go get the psycho pirate back from Bane um, on Santa Prisca, the island of Santa Prisca, in inside Pina Duro. So that's going to be Batman's next thing, and he's working with Waller, Amanda Waller, to try to infiltrate uh, Pina Duro and retrieve the psycho pirate so that he can cure Gotham Girl. And, you know, obviously to do that, he'll have to go through Bane, and it's it promises to be an epic showdown. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope we don't have to go through some other stupid thing <laughs> first. Um, I'm actually looking at Marvel's uh, lineup for next week, and there's not there's only one new number one, uh, only one new series, which is Infamous Iron Man, which is the new series uh, about Doctor Doom, taking up the Iron Man mantle. Um, and I'm actually really interested in that. I 
Uh, I don't buy it. Well, I think, I don't know if we talked about this, but at the end of Secret Wars, where Doom was the big villain, uh, Franklin Richards and Reed Richards sort of rewrote the universe so that Doom was never disfigured. So he doesn't have to wear, like, the big metal mask, and he doesn't have the same, like, vengeance in him that he had before. So since the end of Secret Wars, Doom has at least been purporting to be a good guy and he's like he's no longer the big metal mass he's just like a handsome businessman looking guy um and so i think he's still not, probably he's still, an asshole he's, yeah he's still bad i think Guarantee he's still it. gonna be an asshole he's gonna but, he's gonna be like saving some people right he's gonna be like flying around being iron man and he's gonna be like saving a girl from a bridge and then he's gonna like He's going to like grab her and he's going to like throw her down into the water. He's going to turn and look at the reader and he's going to be like, Hail Hydra. <laughs> That's going to be the big twist in issue number one. Uh, but um, this is going to be the first we've really seen Dr. Doom since the end of Secret Wars where he was the big villain and he was literally God. Secret Wars was all about what if Dr. Doom was God. And now this is, he's kind of shown up in Iron Man since then, but this is going to be the first we've really seen a lot of him. I had no um, idea what a big deal Dr. Doom was. Dr. Doom is like one of the Marvel villains. He's like, he's like up there with like Magneto and uh, who else are like the big uh, Thanos. Galactus. Uh, Galactus. Yeah. Dr. Doom's one of the big ones. Uh, he always has been. Um, but everything else looks like it's kind of continuing, uh, so there'll probably just be a lot of more of the ongoing uh, talk. There's there's a lot of series I'm excited about reading next week, but not a whole lot of new series. Still haven't found anything on Kingpin number one. No, but we do have uh, the finale of Civil War Two Kingpin next week. So that was a four issue series about Kingpin, and that finishes next week. So that does open the door for Kingpin number one coming after that. Oh, and I think next week. We talk Luke Cage. Yeah, we should. I, I think we'll have finished the series by then and we can talk about it. Yeah, I unbelieve. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm going to finish it. Yeah, I think uh, I've just got a couple episodes left. Kind of lukewarm, but. Huh, I get it. Lukewarm. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the end of the episode. We appreciate it. Uh, Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to not subscribe. Feel free to just come back and check the feed and get a new episode when you feel like it. We really also, feel more free to subscribe. I mean, yeah, we love <laughs> subscribers. Um, and like I said, tweet at us at pmuchobsessed. We will do, within reason, we'll do basically anything you tell us. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not joking. If you want to want me to eat like one of the world's hottest peppers live on air, I'll do it. Would you really? No. Okay. I mean, I would like, I mean, it's, it's podcasting, so I could like pretend to, I could just like sit here on the microphone and go, Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> no one would ever know. So short of committing crimes, torturing ourselves or other living things, uh, you know, let us know what, what you want. We'll out talk of this about podcast. it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We're crazy. <laughs> I drove to the store last night at 1130 to buy cinnamon buns. I don't care. I'm ruthless. A real badass. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. Till next oh. week. Oh, oh, oh. Are you going to end it? Am I'm I going to end it? Uh, you can end it. You do it. You uh, do it. You do it better. Now, now I've got stage fright. Uh, <laughs> buy comic books and then talk about them with us. Okay, bye. Bye.